The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And today we welcome back for the last time Alex Thompson from Independence Day Minute. Uh, yes, I am back again. It is me still. Tis Hello. I. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you have the trade-off, Alex. You got to have the very end of the minute. I mean, the very end of the movie. But it means you have to do an episode of all credits. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, this is actually um, a fair trade because on Galaxy Quest Minute, Molly helped us do some of our credits. Um, ah! Yes. Uh, we, to help get through our credits, we had, um, uh, was it three people? I want to say three people who were, who all couldn't make it when their co host. Um, guested so we basically just had on the cast of the leftovers to just bs with us through a couple minutes of credits so i think molly you were a leftover yeah it actually ended up being pretty fun as i recall oh yeah yeah yeah. it was so it was so it was the other host from cabin minute cast the (laughs) other host from bat minute and the other host from fifth element plus us too um, and it was also a chance for me to test out uh, doing a uh, recording with um, uh, a Google Hangout because we were I knew we were going to be using that on my next show. So huh. did that. And, and even a technological guinea pig at that. And it yeah. was still fun. So it was and great. it still worked. <laughs> and we talked. I, I, I want to say we talked for almost an hour on the first minute of the credits. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, well, I mean, there were, I mean oh, that was kind of the right. advantage. No, There's a bunch of people on. That, that's yeah. not challenging us to match that today, are oh, you? Man. No, God, no. I have no. Oh, we good. Don't even, we don't even have, the problem, the problem is that it's kind of the actors aren't really the interesting stuff to talk about in the credits. Not that they're not interesting, right. but right. it's when you get into the technical people and you can start to talk about, you know, like, what does a key grip do? What does a best boy do? That sort of a thing. What does a first assistant director do? You know, that sort of a thing. And and then you can make fun of some weird name of somebody who doesn't have to use their name professionally. Because, you know, <laughs> like, actors have to have a name that's marketable. But, the the you know, if you see a guy who's on the crew named Jim Jones, you can make fun of the fact that his name is uh, is boring or, you know, whatever. We definitely have like a some very uh, interesting stunt names uh, when we get there, so that's okay. that's very that's very fair. So uh, technically, we're in minute ninety six, and so yes. on the screen right now, what we see is a little bit of a cut off Joe Unger and the start of Frank Doubleday, uh, who plays Romero. Um, we talked a little bit about that last minute. And then we end up kind of wrapping up with Chip Fowler, production office coordinator, and Louise Jaffe, script supervisor. I think that's a little uh, bit cut off, but that's that's actually it. Uh, just had one, and it, I didn't I didn't realize it during the previous minute, but um, it, it's actually related to Susan Hubley, who we saw in the previous minute. Her filmography apparently includes a movie called Hardcore and another movie called Lolly Madonna Triple X, and neither of those is porn. 
Mm. <laughs> I think we just figured out some new passwords for people here. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, when you start yeah, when you start digging into people's IMDB from the late seventies and the sixties, you end up with some some gems. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, what I want to point out is while we are still getting a little further down in the cast is I always love the characters that just are a noun that are funny. And mm-hmm. we've got three credits in a row where it's punk, bum, and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm noticing as we basically run through the rest of the cast, this movie's a sausage fest. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, what? there's Maggie. There's girl in chock full of nuts. There's, there's the stewardess. Woman, the stewardess, right? Uh, there's the woman being raped. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Oh, and there's like one woman. I think in the hallway when they're walking Snake down the corridor at the beginning of the movie. I think one of the USPF guards is a woman. I think that's it. Yeah, there are also a couple names here that could uh, be hypothetically be male or female but i'm gonna guess they probably were male i don't i don't have the energy to google and see (laughs) bora silver is a man or a woman and carmen filpy you know carmen filpy is a man carmen filpy is a man i was kind of suspecting that yeah Yeah. but yeah well i guess there are some women um in the scene when the duke is shooting at the president and he shoots the cassette out of the briefcase there's some women yeah there are out. also six people credited as dancers so yeah so uh this one i did have to google because you know we were talking about the illustrious work of the closing credits here yesterday and i think that they kind of screwed up the way the dancers from these are the dancers from the broadway uh show scene they kind of screwed it up because if you just are watching the credits and you're not quite paying attention, you think someone's name is low moan spectacular. <laughs> I was about like, to go. Wow. There. That's the greatest name in the history of movies. But when you Google it, actually low moan spectacular is a comedy theater troupe that was started by Ronald house and Alan Shearman, who were the top two names. They're listed as the dancers and they actually, their website's actually still active. It's lowmoan.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Loman Spectacular is actually the group of people that were hired to play the dancers in that scene. Oh, boo. Very disappointed. <laughs> I was going to say Loman Spectacular is the movie that Susan Hubley turned down. Speaking of names, I know, I feel like we may have touched on this individual, like, way back in the day. Uh, Tony Pappenfuss, or mm. Pappenfuss, uh, plays a theater assistant. Um, I used to watch Newhart as a kid, and I just was like, oh, he was one of the Daryls, you know. My name is wow. Daryl, this is my other brother Daryl, this is my other brother Daryl. Did you ever watch that TV show, Newhart? Oh, like, it was in the 80s, but, yeah, so he was Daryl number one. Huh, um, the, one the dark hair or the, like, blonde curly hair? Ooh, I want to say the dark hair. Um, and he was also on Coach and Murphy Brown, and he has two weird Hitler credits. Um, one from Murphy Brown, where Is, he's credited. Are there normal Hitler credits? 
Well, I think it's... <laughs> are there normal... Yeah, actually, there are. There are normal Hitler credits. My like, credits are always normal. <laughs> I think if you have multiple Hitler credits, that's abnormal. And he has multiple, so I think maybe that's that's part of it. Um, but he was credited as Hitler secretary, uh, Murphy Brown, and he was on the TV show Time Cop as Adolf Hitler, so... I have questions about that, but yeah. I'm so he yes, Hitler secretary is sort of like um, one of those terms from a simpler time, like soup Nazi, when you could just say someone was a jerk about something and they're a Nazi. <laughs> uh, well, he was also on Star Trek Deep Space Nine as a character named Yeln, um, and he was on the episode called Second Skin. Um, so I guess it's when Kira wakes up as a Kardashian. <laughs> Kardashian. <laughs> oh. uh, Kardashian and... Uh, One of those leather-skinned creatures bent on domination. Yes. 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 Um, Which one so. were we talking about again? But <laughs> uh, So, yeah, he has some interesting, interesting credits. But I was just like, oh, it's Larry. So, Daryl. Daryl. Not Larry, Daryl. Because um, there's three of anyway, the three Daryls. First Daryl, anywho. No, one, Newhart. Two Darius. Two, two Darius. There's one Larry and two Daryls. Yes, one Larry and two Daryls. Yeah. So he's Daryl number one. And a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I, you know, I had a bone to pick yesterday with Season Hubley being too high on the list. And now I have a bone to pick with Ox Baker. Why is Ox Baker all the way down at the very end of the credits he's behind helicopter pilot number four he's behind theater assistant i mean that's a big scene in the movie he's on camera probably more than season hubley is and he's all the way down at the bottom of the credits yeah i just you know i think it's just they don't respect his like entertainment background uh yeah i mean i uh, i'm even nowadays professional wrestlers struggle for uh legitimacy and respect so back at this point in time back at this point in time you know they're gonna say wrestler with like wrestler well i would not have wanted to be the one to go tell ox baker that he (laughs) so i was doing some wikipedia wikiing on ox baker real quick uh one of his students uh, guy wrestling fans might know of Mark Calloway, aka The Undertaker. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yes. No way. Uh, was a student at Ox Baker's wrestling school. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Um, also, another fun thing on this same page of credits Roger Bumpass. Um, did we ever, did you guys cover Roger Bumpass at all? Uh, so- I know I'm saying his name wrong. Yes, so Roger Bumpus is Bumpus. the voice of Squidward yeah. from SpongeBob SquarePants. Bumpus, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first person to call him Bumpass. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to actually, uh, <laughs> Brad, edit this whole part out. <laughs> no, Alex, we're at, we're, we have him. We're going to interview him next week. Ah, there you go. So, uh, I, we'll, we'll edit out his name being called on. <laughs> Here, Bumpus. <laughs> Bumpus, Bumpus. There, you can you can edit those in. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, he was also the chief on where's where Carmen San Diego. Oh. oh, Roger. The voice actors are so much fun. Mm-hmm. 
you just go you just look dig, look them up and realize how much of their life how much of your childhood they were yep. a part of oh uh, but boy yeah oxbaker is a terrifying looking man he really is yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't forget everyone somewhere if you search through the brains library facebook fan page you will see the appearance that we posted of ox when he was a contestant on the price is right <laughs> that is really worth finding the actual like youtube video of him on the prices right is totally worth like your five minutes of your life because i watched it and it was amazing we will not spoil what 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 how far he gets into the show you're gonna have to watch the clip you are and it's it is worthy of your time there's a lot of bullshit out there but this is worthy just saying Um, so in, in amongst these stunt people, a uh, semi-famous name in the stunt community, Dick Warlock. Yeah. Yes. Uh, biggest claim to fame other than being stunt coordinator on a bunch of movies is he was Michael Myers in Halloween 2. Yes, he was. And he also is basically Jack, uh, <laughs> Kurt Russell's, uh, stunt double on, on many projects. Yeah. Yeah, he he is to Kurt Russell as Peter Kent is to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, and Halloween 2, for those who hadn't figured it out, I meant the John Carpenter Halloween 2, not the Rob Zombie Halloween 2. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of uh, uh, amazing stunt names on here, I love that there's a Buff Brady. Uh, Buff Brady. Buff Brady, who's just done a bunch of stunts on western films and uh he's just part of the league of old dudes who will kick your ass and he's <laughs> also uh, inducted into the rodeo hall of fame of the rodeo historical society and so he uh he's just like a i don't know you're buff brady and you're like doing western stunts and rodeo shit and yeah just just kind of a general badass hmm. And uh, another name on here who's a noteworthy stuntman, uh, Bob Miner, known for doubling uh, an awful lot of African-Americans. So I'm assuming he probably doubled the Duke uh, in a lot of scenes. But his his filmography, extensive, a lot of black exploitation films, as you might expect, uh, African-American guy in his time period. But um, he's doubled... Jim Brown, Fred Williams, and Bernie Mac, Danny Glover, Carl Weathers, John Amos, and various projects. Hmm. Um, Extensive career for him as well. Cool. I have to call out Mags Cavanaugh, who is a lady uh, stunt master, and she was the stunt double for Joan Collins on Dynasty in 1981, which is pretty much the most amazing thing ever. And she was also a stunt double on Driving Miss Daisy, so she's got a little bit of diversity there. (laughs) But I just love, love, love that she was a stunt double for Joan Collins. Oh, my God. The bitchery and the high glamour. I just, I love all of it. Was I... Oh, I mean, I, you know, I don't, maybe I watched a couple episodes of Dynasty when it was on. I was a, a little kid then, but I mean, Dynasty needed stunt doubles? Oh, yeah. Girlfriend got her claws out. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sure she like, well, I know that she slapped around Crystal a little bit. So, yeah, I think, I think people got into fisticuffs on occasion. Ah. Uh, but I, I keep looking, I keep Googling names in these, uh, the stunt department and keep finding more Halloween connections. Fred Lerner, um, was in one of the Halloweens as well. 
Um, Jack Verbois, I believe, was as well. Um, it seems like they just took the entire stunt department and hauled them in for uh, for this for this movie as well. Makes just sense. John Carpenter's production posse. Yeah. So I meant to ask you if I may take a, a brief digression from credits, uh, Alex. We've asked several of our guests if they had to get uh, a ride once they were in prison. You are now the Duke of New York. What kind of a ride would you have? So in this New York, uh, I'm going to be um, I'm going to be nice and sensible. Maybe something like a, a minivan, you know, like carry <laughs> things around. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got a lot of stuff to transport. You know, I got a couple of dogs. So, you know, they they, they, they always travel heavy. Um, so, but, you know, I don't want something like an SUV that's really going to guzzle gas because, Mm. you know, here in the post-apocalypse, gas is going to be a little hard to come by, especially given that we're completely cut off from the world. So, um, a minivan, maybe a hybrid might be a good choice if, if, uh, if we can come by one of those, uh, here in the eighties. Um, yeah, something, something like that. A nice sensible vehicle for me. I think I'm, I'm not a car guy. I've never been a car guy. Hmm. it's never you know uh, i saw a meme on facebook the other day is the only the only kind of car that impresses me is a food truck (laughs) does your does your car come with a menu if not i don't care (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah uh but but yeah it's it's, it's something sensible something something i can something i can live my life with that's cool yeah no that's that's a totally legit answer I have uh, a, a couple of non-cast but crew people that I wanted to call out here. Uh, the first one I wanted to call out was Peggy Brotman, who is uh, who did the casting and also was an assistant to the producers. But interestingly enough, you go to IMDb, this is the only movie she did the casting for. And then she did a few other producer or assistant to the producer credits, and that's it. That's her entire career on IMDb. Hmm. So, uh, found that interesting. And right below her, Chip Fowler, the production office coordinator, he's got a long uh, list of credits in IMDb. He's got about 30 movies or TV shows that he was either production office coordinator or production coordinator on. And some some well-known things, Fletch, Rocky II, Halloween Three, Coming Home, The Gambler, the immortal Kenny Rogers TV movie based on his uh, song, and a movie I watched on HBO a lot back in the 80s, Cherry 2000. Hmm, what is that? Uh, so it is a future movie about a guy who has uh, essentially a sex bot that he loses <laughs> and, and he hires <laughs> Melanie Griffith to help him try to find his sex bot named Cherry. And uh, he, he does indeed find her at the end, but realizes that the human Melanie Griffith really provides him with the love he needs more so than the sex bot. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then the sex bot feeling neglected from its lack of human contact goes on a murderous rampage. <laughs> uh, Chip Fowler, also a minor John Carpenter connection, I guess, uh, was miscellaneous crew on Halloween three season of the witch. Oh yep. Yeah. Um, no other Halloween though in his uh, yeah them's them's the credits it's I think it's weird that the 
the cast are kind of like crammed together and then they start spacing them out and they're not spaced out evenly. No, they're not. (laughs) Honestly, what that almost makes me think that this was done like not even with a computer. Like they did, you know, some typesetting and then like put this on a, on a piece of paper and then either scrolled the piece of paper or scrolled a camera past it. Like the Star Wars scrolls? Kinda, yeah. Well, we certainly are not being complimentary towards our ending uh-huh. credits friends here. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually, this is incredible, Amali. I'm actually interested in now seeing uh, the rest of the closing credits next week. <laughs> <laughs> It actually, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It, the credits seem to me to have a little bit of wobble to them. Do you see that? Or is that just my screen and I'm losing my eyesight? Like, they seem like they've got a, they're almost like they're on a handheld camera. Yes, no, I, you're, see what, you're I see right. exactly what you're saying, yes. That kind of does lend maybe some credence to the idea that these were more low-tech than a computer. That this may have been them pointing a camera at something and scrolling it. Yeah. Um, although I will say, based on my experiences in my early 90s high school TV class with the Chiron graphics that were available at the time, those suckers could sometimes have a bit of a squiggle to them and that was all done on a computer Mm. so and that was the early 90s so it's not impossible that the computerized credits would yeah this is this is just as good as the state of the art was at the time yeah yeah yeah, i suppose yeah i mean think about even like you know star wars came out four years before this and that's got all the technological what word did i just say technical technical yeah i technological advance that had but you know the closing credits are standard they didn't do anything with the closing credits there i mean look what you do something you know closing credits now you go to a marvel movie now i'm I'm even putting aside the you know the scenes they stick in just the credits themselves are are just are interesting Mm -hmm. yeah we did oh sorry go ahead i say frequently sometimes they're Sometimes they're pretty straightforward, but like I think like Guardians Volume Two, they they stuck things the entire way through them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think now, and we did I think a deeper dive on that on on Cabin, but because they had changed production companies for that particular movie, and uh, Lionsgate had made like a a particular kind of like fun title fun Lionsgate sort of title. We got really into, you know, like who made the credits and, you know, there are now websites are devoted just to the business of making credits and like where that comes from and, you know, the typefaces and, you know, the creative thought behind it. And people get like very, it's a serious thing now. I mean, you know, obviously we're looking at something that looks like, you know, Arial on Word. Mm -hmm. So it's not, um, it's not as uh, like, I don't know. Uh, aesthetically interesting. Well, I think um, given that we are people who are analyzing movies a minute at a time, I think we can testify to the fact that if it's a thing, it can be taken really, really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very much so. And, and yeah, I mean, now we have like such a, a deeper level of computerization that you can do some just very engaging, you know, credits. And I think the other thing that's interesting, you know, that we're also pointing out is just now that we're really looking at it is the layout of the credits of, of who gets top billing. You know, where do these cast members show up? Where does the crew show up? You know, I mean, even, you know, we were talking about, I think it was the last... Was it this minute or last minute we were talking about like the the crazy the the dancers and we're thinking like oh that's a crazy name for that dancer the um it's this minute it was this one then okay um <laughs> low moan spectacular but yeah. you know when you're looking at that I mean that's another really interesting example of here we are you know, authentically looking at the credits but there isn't a visual distinction for us to be able to tell that that isn't a cast member right? That isn't yeah. an individual. And so, you know, the, it is actually important how you lay things out. Yeah. I, and I don't mean to say this necessarily as a criticism or, or to try and bash the credits, but it feels like this is from a time before the credits really mattered in a sense, mm. because yeah, it, it's almost like at this point in time, it's like the credits are just kind of obligatory. Like, okay, yeah, we just have to throw the things on there. Like, right? Like, these people did it. We we have to give them, we have to put their name here, whatever, throw them on, get it done with. Because um, I feel like they're, if I was in any kind of a class where I was laying this out, I wouldn't lay out Lomo and Spectacular in such a way that all of the members of it would look like they were like, that was just a name of another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, it doesn't necessarily suggest lack of care. It's just lack of importance. Yeah. Which I think is, is just, it, the, we just have to throw these names on here. We're contractually obliged. The union says we've got to have names here for these people. So we've got names here. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, I know that there's some, uh, I'm thinking about Woody Allen, who uses, and I don't know the typeface off my ha- off the top of my head, but I know that he uses a very consistent typeface for all of his credits. And you know, as a you know a filmmaker, he's made that particular choice to be uniform. Um, I think that there is, if I remember correctly, some uniformity with John Carpenter as well. But I mean, in terms of this layout, I think you're entirely right. I think it's just like, look, we're contractually obligated. We got to get this done. And for the most part, we know people are getting up out of their seats and heading to the parking lot. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's other priorities. Uh, for the record and for the font nerds out there, Woody Allen's typeface font is Windsor Light Condensed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> there you go. When you go on Jeopardy, you'll that's one extra question you'll get. All right. Um, cool. <laughs> well, we have scraped the bottom of the barrel of what I had to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, because I'm going to throw one other question at you, tying our shows <laughs> together one last time. Oh, dear. Stephen Hiller. Let's mm-hmm. say he sent in for the mission instead of Snake. How do you think he would do? Mm, That's I feel like he'd... I feel like he'd, pro- he'd probably get the job done as well, but... He'd probably be a lot more, I'm say Will Smithy about it. <laughs> um, probably less destruction. He might have been able to befriend the Duke. I feel like, um, and he would not have destroyed the tape. Uh, Captain Hillard is a military man. Right. 
he you know respects a chain of command even if the instructions are even even if his orders are maybe a little shenanigan even if he doesn't completely agree with the even if he thinks uh, the people given the orders kind of suck a little bit he has some respect for for authority in that way but I, he he gets the job done david i don't know uh if he would but I, i'm pretty sure captain hillard would have gotten the job done here cool anything else you guys have for this uh particular minute oh credits yeah nope sweet um alex one more time where can people find you out on the interwebs uh independence day minute galaxy quest minutes uh podcatcher near you those things i am on check them out download them <laughs> awesome eric you want to close this out am i closing this one out yeah you don't have to no i just i forgot <laughs> <laughs> oh god we really are at the end of the movie aren't we uh, okay party God, is that you? <laughs> who the hell was that? That was that. Who, who the hell just came in and said something? Who the hell was that? Oh my god! Uh, okay, so thank you, Alex, for joining us this week, uh, folks. Join us next week. It will be the final week of the show as we wrap up the last few minutes of the closing credits. Uh, come and chat about us. Uh, chat with uh. uh Brad, you can edit this or not edit it, whatever. Uh, <laughs> come come do a talk at us with words about things and Use your us movies, escape. And Ooh. type things that might be words on Facebook in Brain's Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout, or on Twitter, NY Minute Pod. And until next time, be on time, stay out of the sewers, and we will meet you on the other side of the wall.